You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey, welcome to the Jerry Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm Jerry. I'm here with my good friend, Jacoby. And today, long time coming interview here, we got Jeff Fitzer. And I'll let you, Jeff, get into uh, where you're from and, and what you do, because the list is long as far as I can tell. And so we really appreciate you jumping on. I know we actually started talking about this pre-COVID uh, when we had first got the the podcast started, when we had asked Tristan who he thought we should have on. Your name was at the top of his list because we've been able to interview Tristan twice now. So, Jeff, give us a little uh, background on yourself, where you're from, and kind of how you're connected to our world. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, first of all, I pay Tristan well, so that's how I get to the top of his list. That <laughs> works out well for me. But I'm in. I'm based out of the Midwest in St. Louis. I'm actually, you know, when you ask me what I do for a living, when anybody asks me, it's it's uh, if if you watch me on social, you you probably think all I do is social, uh, and there's some truth to it. But uh, my day job is really the mortgage business, actually. And all of the side gigs just lead back to it. And those side gigs ultimately are turning into startup businesses. And, and so now I've got a lot going on. And so, uh, you know, mortgage again is my, is my, my day job, but I have partners, they really run it and uh, I'm involved on the daily, but just not as much as them. And uh, so now I spend my time just all, all doing all kinds of things with, you know, I host the lab code agents podcast, uh, Tristan and I started a Facebook group called Drunk on Social, which is all things social media and, and kind of just being the the front runner on on the news and the strategies and the things that are working. We've got a podcast uh, through that. We now do coaching. We do group coaching. We do we manage individuals, social media now. Uh, we've got a platform. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a partner in a platform called Business Video School, where we teach video. Uh, Jerry, I know you know that that platform. And uh, we've got another platform called Real Estate Mastery Pros, which was originally designed to, I designed it for my loan officers as a way to bring value to real estate agents. And I was using my leverage with lab codes to say, hey, I can bring in badasses to interview them, ask questions, teach. You bring your agents to the webinar and it's something that even their own broker is not going to be able to provide to them. And, and that has since evolved into a, a business and now we we sell it to the loan officer world. But the design is that only loan officers have access to it to give it to their real estate agent. And so we're just delivering more exclusive webinars than what you're seeing in lab codes and they're live and there's interaction and, and yeah, so that's what that is. And, and uh, it's pretty cool. So I think I'm not forgetting anything. I'm involved in a bunch of other startups on an investment standpoint or an influencer of, of level, but um, nothing that I'm spending a ton of time on. Like I am all of that stuff. And the plate is full and I definitely want to dive into how you're managing that. But uh, as I told you, our podcast is success without sacrifice. And we ask every guest that question. Like if we said, what is success without sacrifice? mean to you where where is it that that takes your mind in conversation success without, without sacrifice. sacrifice 
You know, I, I would uh, I would digress and say there's going to be a lot of sacrifice uh, to have success. And 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 by by uh, sacrifice, you know, you got to figure out what are you willing to sacrifice? So if, if I if you allow me to digress for a second, you know, for me, if you know me, I'm a family man. And so family comes first. And business is a close second. And, and, but I do everything in my business to provide for my family, to provide that life for my family. And so it's a, it's a tightrope, you know, of, of what is too much. And, and so uh, I think, um, you know, I, I hate to use the word balance when it comes to saying, you know, success without sacrifice, because I don't believe in balance. I don't believe it exists. I think it's cliche. I think it's, it's what people want to make you believe. Uh, because if you want to be successful, you're going to grind your ass off. And if you want to be like me, you're going to do things like uh, I dedicate my mornings to to spending it with my daughter and getting her ready for school and spending an hour or two with her, maybe taking her to school. Uh, and then I'm and then I'm immersed in my business and I'll shut it off at six o'clock to go spend time with my family for two or three hours. And if necessary, which is most nights, I go back to work when my family's in bed. And so I, you know, I don't know, that's kind of a little bit of both, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sacrificing my family time. I don't sacrifice travel. It's something we do a lot of, uh, but I've built businesses that I can work from wherever. And so, you know, like even with my wife, we're going to be gone for two weeks this summer, partially in Europe, partially as some little thing we do in, in our own state. And I told my wife, I mean, obviously I'm going to have to work because we're going to be gone for so long. And she's cool with it. It's like this stuff creates that lifestyle. And so it's that, it's that, it's that tightrope of, you know, how do you do both? And I think a lot of people just think, you know, you gotta, you gotta rest and, you know, don't get me wrong. I do my, my, my share of resting, but probably not as much as most, because I just don't believe if I want to reach the levels that I want to reach, I, I don't have time for that. You know, I got to grind it out while I can, because I don't want to work till I'm 70. You know, it's just my opinion. I think you'd fit in well, well around here. The whole, uh, we talk all the time about how there's just this idea of work-life balance doesn't exist. And and then also uh, Jacoby and I are you know putting the family at the top of the list as well uh, as far as priorities. And so that's probably why Tristan said you'd be a good fit. But, uh, <laughs> that, that lines right up with what uh, we've been talking about for the last two years on here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and the thing is, 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 so I, I think it's what you want to make of it, you know, and you always hear, you know, for example, you hear successful people say, you know, 5 a.m. club, you got to get up at 5 a.m. to be successful. I say bullshit to that. Like, I'm not saying that's not a there, there's not some traits in there that might make you successful. But just because you get up at 5 a.m. doesn't make you successful. For me, I actually tend to work better late at night. But that's everybody's wired differently. So for anybody to say you do this and you will be six, I just think is, is, is malarkey to be honest with you. And, and it's the same thing with, with work-life balance, you know, and, and I've struggled with this many an argument with my wife about this over the years. And I, you know, I think at, at the end of the day, anybody who argues and says that, you know, you should do it a certain way, in my opinion, is just making an excuse for their lack of success. And so in my opinion, you know, I'm also setting the stage and teaching my kids an example of what it takes. 
you know, and, and I'm, I'm raising them in, in, a, in, a, in a lifestyle that they have things and they have opportunities and they get to travel. And when they grow up, they're going to look back and say, why did I have that? And if I'm going to be lazy, well, I'm not going to get that. And it's going to be very easy for them to figure that out and say, my dad taught me an example, but he also didn't compromise it. You know, I, I don't skip out on dinners and things like that. I don't skip out on family time and family vacations are paramount. Like that's what's most important to me. And so, although I am working my ass off and working a, a, an ungodly amount of hours, you know, I don't compromise making sure there's always family time. It just may not be as much as everybody else. But even then, I would argue that most of those people making that argument are not actually, even though you might get off work at five and have until bedtime with your family, are you really spending that time completely immersed with each other? Or are you watching television, playing a game on your phone, playing, you know, whatever it is, right? And I'm just a little bit more intentional with my time and not and doing less fluff crap. And when I'm with my family, I'm trying to be with my family. And when I'm not, I'm working. So I love, I love to hear that. That's uh, one thing we, we see where we hear mostly is, you know, you're, you're very intentional with your time and you've got the things that you're not going to sacrifice. The thing I would say you're probably sacrificing from what you said is uh, sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? it, mm-hmm. it, it is. I would say a lot of times, actually, it's funny that we're talking about this because uh, we've had some, some setbacks in our mortgage business over the last couple of weeks and it's caused me to lose sleep. And, and uh, something happened the night before a weekend where we were having our big annual parties. And I had, to, because somebody left our team, I had to rearrange a bunch of stuff for the party that was the next day. And I was up till three in the morning and then it just, and then it was three days of, we had people in town and partying. And then I had to go to Mexico last week and uh, for a mastermind, not for vacation. I didn't even step foot on the beach. And, um, I, well, I was worn, wearing down and, and my wife, like it was last night. She's like, she made me go to bed at like eight o'clock. She's like, you are going to bed. And lo and behold, I slept till like seven. And she's like, see, you needed that. And you know, it's a good thing. I have somebody like that in my life to basically kick me in the ass. Cause I, I'll keep, I'll just keep going. It's good. And that's that balance thing. There is no balance. Kind of like you said, you know, I don't think we balance, we balance anything. Yeah. And I like what you said about the, the 5 a.m. thing, right? The, I think the tenant there, though, is usually you can get more done at five in the morning. I'd like to wake up early because I've got four kids now. And it's like the only time I can actually get anything done is in the morning because they like to sleep in now since they're it's summertime. It's like, OK, now I can actually get my work done, then spend time with them and then go to work, you know. And so the key is, is where's the nugget of truth in there when somebody tells you, this is how you have to do something, you know? So that's, I really like hearing that. Well, and I'm not, again, I'm not discounting it because it's one of my best friends and mentors that is a big proponent of the five income, Sharon Srivats. I love that guy. But, but for me, what I've just found is that I, I, I learned it kind of on my own. I tried to get up early, but I couldn't just get things flowing and firing. And I still like to get up and work out in the morning, but from a work perspective, and it's true though, I mean, five to probably eight, your phone's not going off as much. You have less distractions, but the same rings true after like nine. So from nine to midnight on, you know, and so, you know, if I go to bed at midnight, I just know that getting up at five is not sustainable. So maybe then I sleep till six 30 or seven. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, you know, I'm just realistic about it. Like if, if whatever, for whatever reason, and right now I'm in that cycle and it's hard to break the cycle because the only way to break the cycle and start getting up earlier is to go to bed earlier. You can't go to bed earlier if I'm catching up on work at night, you know what I mean? And, and honestly, right now, guys, I mean, I'm, 
you, I just told you all that I'm doing, I'm grinding. Right. And, and, and this is what I tell my wife too. I'm like, babe, I'm doing this now. So I don't have to do it later. And so the goal is, is that we're going to build up these businesses to where, you know, in the next, maybe hopefully five years, I can sit back and then just focus on what I really love doing and enjoy doing. And we, I can scale it to a point where I don't have to grind this hard because the way, again, the way I look at it is I don't want to be like most humans. I don't want to have to work until a sensual death, right. Or up until maybe seventies, eighties, whatever that is. And, and, I, and everything I hear nowadays is our lifespan is going to start ticking up higher and higher and higher. It, what are people going to do when the average, when people are living to hundred consistently? What are they going to do? How are they going to pay their bills? And, um, and, and the answer is they're going to work. They're going to be greeting at Walmart, right? They're going to be grinding in their nineties. And man, I don't want to be that person. And uh, I just, I want to enjoy it. So I, I feel like I've either, I either can go half-assed for 25 or go hard for five. And I'm opting for the five, man. So with all this stuff on your plate, I mean, like the, I mean, I, I wrote down and I think I missed a couple, I got like eight, eight or nine different things here. And, um, and then I know you're like really connected with Tristan. So I want to walk back to, cause there was a day that you were just an LO. Yeah. Right. You were just, uh-huh. you had one revenue stream, you were doing the LO and you were hitting up agents and clients and kind of, you know, just grinding it out that way. Kind of go back to that and, just going to touch into how you transitioned or where you started to create the vision for this, for this next five years and for, and then I want you to touch on it because you and Tristan are really good at doing things backwards to tradition. And by that, I mean, a lot of people come up with the idea of, I want to create a company and I go create the company. It starts from zero. You guys go create a thing, run that thing. And then it turns into a company. Yeah. And there's a handful of things that I've watched you guys create that they just, they're gone. You know, they, they come and go. And so kind of go back to when you were at LO and you were just working your job. So funny, funny story to that is, is, is I really never was just an LO in the very, very beginning. um, And and the funny story is, is back in the early, so I got in the business in 2000. And if, if you guys remember back then, it was the wild, wild west. I mean, it was, uh, it was a shit show and there was so much, you know, five, seven arms, right? Yeah. Wrongdoing going on. Yeah. I mean, when I got into the business, I was selling a two-year arm with a three-year prepayment penalty and it didn't take me, (laughs) I I, I was was there for less than 10 months until I figured out like this. And first of all, my first day on the job, this is no joke. We watched Boiler Room. Oh, no. <laughs> not a joke. Not a joke. And I didn't know any different. I was 22, 23. I didn't even know what the word equity meant. Right. And, and so you go back to those days and I'm like, how corrupt is that? Right. <laughs> That's the same as uh, real estate offices showing um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, yeah. coffees for closers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so so back then, I mean, I I had the foresight not too long into the business of <clears throat> something's wrong here, right? This is pre two seven eight, right? And I'm like, something's wrong. And so it was about, oh, I don't know what it was, maybe 0405. Uh, I got connected to a mortgage broker. Back then, mortgage brokers are more prevalent. Now they're, they're almost extinct. And, and uh, the, the, guy, the guys who had started the mortgage brokerage really weren't into mortgage. So they hired me to basically build a company, but they were involved in a bunch of other things. So I, I had this, the foresight 
the execution was wrong. I had the foresight was dead on. I'm like, this industry is going to crash hard. What I should have done was go all in, realizing that everybody was going to kick themselves out of the business. What I did wrong was I diversified. I, I, I invested into restaurants and bars because that's what my partners did. I invested into tan salons because that's what they did. I invested in an energy drink. Uh, uh, it was all kind. Of, literally, there was so many things in real estate. All of it crashed. All of it crashed hard. And in hindsight, I was like, damn. I, I, and in 2008, we switched from the mortgage brokerage. We switched over to USA Mortgage. Back those days, you just focused on refinances. And then we, we shifted to real estate agents and purchases. And I was like, damn, why didn't I do this sooner? And, uh, you know, if I, had, if I had had the, I had the foresight, but if I had the right execution, I probably wouldn't even be talking to you today. I'd probably be retired. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, it was, all, it was all a great lesson. And then, you know, you come out of 08 and, and you're, you're building back up. Then what, what the progression was simply this, we, we uh, got into 2014-15 kind of plateaued. We were a successful branch. We were, we were consistently doing six to 800 units a year for roughly 100 to 130 million, right? Which is pretty good in the Midwest. It's a good unit amount. Volume is typical in the Midwest. And, um, but we couldn't grow. And, and we, were, we were just in our market. This is a right about the time social was starting to become a big thing. And um, I didn't like the direction of my company. I knew that the, that the owner of the company was thinking about selling. And uh, I saw the way technology was evolving. And I'm like, I, I got to align with, with something, somebody more innovative. And, uh, you know, we got, we got, I got caught right, right place, right time by, by a guy who owned a company. And uh, we, we left. And it was the greatest thing we did and the worst thing we could have ever done all in one. And it was the greatest because when I left my company, which was the dominant player in, in my market in St. Louis, you know, I had to immediately think outside the box, like, okay, now how the hell am I going to compete with USA? And, and what am I going to do to differentiate? And so it really got my, my, my gears grinding. And uh, this was right about the time Facebook live was coming out. And there was a guy in my market doing this, doing coffee talk. And I was just enamored by it. I'm like, well, this is different. And, you know, he was getting in front of the camera and just having conversation. And I was like, okay, I see something here. And so I started gravitating towards him and ended up connecting me to, uh, he ended up connecting me to Mike Cuevas. Uh, I don't know if you know, Mike. And then, and then he ended up connecting me to his green screen editor. Mike was in uh, Chicago at the time. And, um, you know, I, I started doing my own videos and it was, it was quickly after doing those videos that I was boring myself. And I was like, this is stupid. This is lame. I don't see this being the future. I'm like, I got to make this more entertaining. And so that I, I had met this editor who was just doing goofy off the wall stuff, nothing related to business, our business. But I was like, how can I take what you're doing, Justin, and make it entertaining and make it more about mortgage or real estate? And it was kind of like I joke and say I was, I was TikTok before TikTok existed. I wish I had that foresight, but now it's mainstream, right? And so I was dancing around in front of the camera back in 16 and 17, and everybody was looking at me like, you're an idiot. Like, what are you doing? And now everybody does it, right? But, but that doing that kind of stuff created, created the visibility and opportunities because then I got found by Sam Karamian who invited me to a mastermind and that's where I met Tristan. And then before I knew it, it was the whole, you are the sum of the people that you're in the room with. And I was this little mortgage guy from the Midwest, relatively broke at the time and, and in a room with a bunch of millionaires and a couple billionaires. And, um, just found a way to make myself stand out. I, just kind of all by accident, man. Uh, kind of all by accident. And one thing led to another. And 
here we are today. And, and I guess go back, going back to your question about the, the, the companies that we start. So I learned from my diversification failures that it, entrepreneurs in my blood, like I just can't just do mortgages. I'm good at it, but there's got to be more to it. And so uh, what, I, what I learned from my failures was I tried to go outside my business. And then what I kind of learned was stay in your business and create businesses within your businesses, because if those businesses never do anything, if business video school never does anything, if real estate mastery never does anything, if drunk on social never does anything, they're all, they've all created massive influence for me. They've all positioned me as an authority on a topic and it's made my target audience, real estate agents. They feel like they need me. Now they're calling my phone saying, help me. And that was that light bulb moment back in 16 when I was doing video and realtors started to call me saying, Hey, you're the video expert. And I was like, I am. Uh And I was like, Oh shit, I am because I'm doing it. Right. And then I was like, Holy crap. I just cracked the code. Now you need me. Your broker is not doing this for you. And I've just run with it ever since. Yeah. So the first time we met, I'd seen you on lab code agents. The first time we met was um, LCA Detroit. You were uh, on stage and, um, and yes, yeah, so, and then we ended up going to I think Bar Louis after or whatever and got to uh-huh, out. Yeah. And so I remember. Like I didn't, I don't, I don't know that I connected with you like from stage, but like hanging out with you, talking to you one on one, that was, yeah. I mean, I became a fan then. Um, just, I remember, I remember it. It's fun, funny story too, Jerry. I was just on a call this morning. I was just reconnecting with uh, Randy Toby, um, oh, yeah, and, and you know another Detroit yeah. guy. Yep. It's totally random, but yeah, yeah. Randy and our good friends. Yep. Funny, funny. So, okay, so I'm I'm shifting it a little bit, and this is, uh, I'm going completely self-serving at the moment. And so as you are doing coaching, you know, you're coaching with LOs, you're doing the uh, video business school, and uh, you're doing group coaching. You know, one of the things that Jacoby and I have done in the last, you know, we're really ramping up our video you know, YouTube, we actually finally got some clarity on some direction that we're each going with that. But what I see is a lot of the content that's being coached is just the same content that the next guy's putting out or the next guy's putting out. And obviously traditional is not your, in your repertoire, like of what, uh, what you do. So there's a couple agents as we're just trying to make waves in the market, like where, like, how do you, how would you guide us? Um, like what, like what should that look like? What kind of content? Cause one of the things that I'm struggling with is how do I get my personality on the camera? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause right now it's like, I'm really good at putting information down and I, I can do lives really nice, but I don't sense that my personality gets there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think my personality is going to get there if I'm doing the, all the traditional video work. Yeah. That's kind in, of in industry now. related stuff. Yeah, it's a great question. And and so the, the simple answer is this, when everyone else is zigging, you should obviously be zagging. And and so you've, you've got to have that first level of uncomfortability. And so it's like, you know, because we all are followers by nature. And I think most humans are, I'm not uh, clearly. And so when I see somebody doing something, I intentionally run the other direction. Okay, so what what can I do differently? And, and really, honestly, and, and you know this, Jerry, now at, at this point in, in my career and what we're doing is, I'm intentionally trying to live three steps ahead of everyone else. That's my job. And, and so uh, from your perspective, and so it's a great question. So when we coach somebody, in fact, I just had one yesterday, we, we had an initial coaching call and we're running, they're going to, we're going to help run their brand. And, and so 
you're right. Like most people just naturally gravitate towards doing the same old stuff. And you do need to do a certain level of that stuff. Uh, but what is going to define you differently and what most people miss out is the first step in defining what your content strategy should be is defining your pillars of content is defining who you are and what you're going to be and what you're going to talk about. And so I'll give you an example. We've got a guy in Southern California and, you know, of course the, the, his natural inclination was, uh, Tristan, I want to do the stuff like you're doing, like his Tristan's live that he's putting into YouTube. And, and the answer is, first of all, yes, you should be doing that. And so what, what we're doing with that is, is first of all, we're saying, take a topic that's hot, you know, rates, market crash, whatever's going on right now, get in front of the camera and, and just talk about it. One topic, five to 10 minutes. We're going to, we're going to make YouTube optimized content. We're going to, we're going to edit that. We're going to make it sexy. We're going to put, you know, a thumbnail with it and all that kind of stuff. But then we're going to take that video and we're going to chop it up into three to five short form videos, which is, this is where a lot of people are missing the boat. Uh, and we're going to chop it into three to five short form videos. Uh, and now we're going to create content. So you have it for TikTok, for Instagram reels, uh, for LinkedIn, for Facebook, everywhere. We want you to be omnipresent. So that's, that's first and foremost. Uh, but then, then we, then we get deeper and we start asking the questions is, so what, what do you do? Like, what are your passions? What, 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 um, what does your past look like? And so this gentleman that I'm talking about, uh, he came from the tech industry. Uh, so that's pillar number one. And we're like, okay, you came from tech. So there's, there's two things here that we want to focus on a, you are an expert in that field by and large, whether you want to, you want to admit it or not, you know, more than most people about tech. So we want you to talk about your experience in tech, what led you to, to getting into real estate, because two things are going to happen if you, if you create that. And if you start talking about those things in your content, A, you're going to attract people that are in the tech world that now have a connection to you that say, when I need a real estate agent, I'm going to use the person that I connect with. Two, he's going he's gonna to end up connecting because the algorithms are going to find the people that, that want to see this content, right? And, and he's going to end up finding tech people in, in the tech world that are going to follow this guy's story and say, I want to get the hell out of the corporate world too. I want to go join real estate. And he's going to end up growing his team as a result of that. Uh, so that's one, that's one piece of content. The other one is he's, uh, his dog is his passion. He's got a, a Belgian Malinois, which is you know, the police dog, right? What we all think are German shepherds. And, and, and it was funny because we were having this conversation with him and Tristan was like, that's the police dog. I thought it was German shepherds. And he's like, most people think that. And we're like, boom, there's content right there because yeah. you're going to educate the world on these dogs. And it's a fascinating dog. It's a smart dog and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're going to have months, maybe years of content around your dog uh, just talking about it. And there you go. There's another pocket of, of, of raving fans that you're going to create who are passionate about a dogs and B that particular dog. And you're just going to talk about it because I think he probably was thinking to himself, he actually mentioned it to us. He's like, there's not, there's not a week that goes by that I'm not explaining the difference between a German shepherd and a Belgian Malinois, which he's explained to us. And I didn't even know why German shepherds weren't police dogs anymore. It's because their size, they're too big. They, they run out of gas too soon. Um, and I'm like, there's, that's a story, man. You should be telling this story. And so that's another pillar of content. So it's all around that. He's a big hiker. So we said, you know, you need to start taking video on your hikes. Uh, every once in a while, you might say something. Sometimes it's just going to be video. And then we're going to drop inspirational quotes with it. And, you know, so we're, we're, we're developing the content to, to go back to your original question, Jerry. That's how we're going to differentiate him. 
is, is just diving in, figuring out who he is as a human, guiding him on what to talk about, helping him maybe script, helping him with, with some, some hooks, helping him with a call to action, and just finding his pockets of niches of the things in his life that he's already doing to create content around. We're not trying to create extra work for anyone. We're just trying to, to, to build off of what you're already doing. And, um, and I think that's going to find him far more business and connections and new relationships than talking about real estate. You still have to talk about the real estate, right? You still have to do what everybody else is doing. Uh, but I think what we're going to do is we're going to do it a little bit better for them. First of all, we're going to leverage our teams of VAs, which you don't need us for that. You can do it on your own. But like this guy's a perfect example. He's like, I've tried to hire VAs, but I don't feel like I'm savvy enough. I have to teach them what to do and I don't know what to do. And so that's why he's like, it'd just be easier to hire you guys because now you're going to coach me. You're going to guide me. You're going to do it for me. And you're going to give me the finished product. And I just got to post it. And that's exactly what we're doing. So, I mean, I, I, does that answer your question or does that create more questions for you? Uh, that definitely creates more questions, but definitely, but not uh, for here. It definitely uh, answers the question. And, uh, off camera. That was, off that was camera a little questions. There, you know, like, a, I need a link to that coaching program, I suppose. It's so, yeah. really good. I got a question. I got a question for you. Like, going into, so it sounds like I do kind of want to talk about this social thing a little bit more because a lot of our audience is their agents, right? And that's who you're, you're catering to. And so everybody is saying, get on social. Everybody's saying video is going to be like, whatever the stats are 95% of traffic or whatever else. So for that person, obviously they can hire you, right? They could do that. But what, um, what is the next step or what do you see? Cause you're saying you're three steps ahead. Is it just what you've explained or what do you think the next step is in video? Cause everybody's just saying video, right? So the key thing is like, okay, well, I got to do video, but then the next step is, is it, letting because what i gathered from what you the thing you just explained to me is basically i'm building a relationship with someone before i actually meet them you're right. you're letting people know who you are before you actually meet them they feel like they know you it's almost like the celebrity factor right it's like 100%. oh i already know because i'm starting to see that now i'm starting my youtube page and people start talking to me i'm like dude i've never I don't, I don't know who you are, but obviously you know who I am. Right. Yes, and it's yes. just, it's kind of weird, you know? So what do you think uh, with all that, that I'm saying there, what do you think is like the next step or the three steps ahead? Or do you think video is going? Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's not necessarily three steps ahead because I think if I'm talking to your audience, uh, that the, I think that could overwhelm them if I start talking about what three steps ahead is, because that's going to be more VR and AR and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but let's talk about what they're not doing. And so I think when a lot of people commit to it, you know, they finally get to that point of, all right, fine, I'll do it. Right. I'm going to do social, which means I have to do video. And then the first, the, the, what they typically do is what Jerry described is they get in and they just talk about real estate. And what they don't realize is that, uh, a couple of things. Number one, it's boring as hell. And, and, and there's, so, it's so freaking diluted. We are us in the real estate industry are, are, we have diluted the hell out of real estate content. So just use your brain to think, does anybody really interested in seeing every other post is a listing or somebody talking about stats or me talking about the award I just won at my banquet last night. Right. That's what we've done. And the truth is, is, we as real estate professionals, the three of us see that stuff on our feeds all the time. Our neighbor 
who works in a traditional construction job and his wife who works as a teacher at the local school, they're not seeing any of that. Why? Because they're not engaging it. So the reality is we're creating content for our competition, essentially. Uh, you know, and, and unless you learn how to hack the algorithm of that neighbor by, by getting personal, your shit's never going to show up in their feed anyway. You're wasting your time. Mm. And so, you know, back to the, the question, Jacoby, it, the way I describe it is this, and everybody does it a little bit differently. I described how we were doing it for one of our clients. For me, I call it the Fitzer Family Reality TV show. It's the way I look at it. I'm going to grab my camera and, dis- and show you what's going on behind the scenes. And, you know, at first it kind of pisses your family off. Now my family has massively embraced it. My two older daughters both have more followers than me on TikTok. They're, they're, they kill it. And, and, you know, we're like a social media family now, but that's what I do. And, and, you know, it's uh, giving a perfect example this morning, my three and a half year old wakes up and her hair looks like Medusa. <laughs> I took a picture. I, I picked, I took a picture and said, does this mean she slept? Well, I just, I'm just sharing my life, right? It's just things that are happening. Then I, and then I took, took it upon myself. My wife was taking on my stepson to school and I brushed her hair and I turned on my video camera and videoed it just because I know to some people they're going to look at that and be like, Oh, how sweet. Right. I mean, just playing to their hands. Right. But that was what was happening in my life. I wasn't doing it for social media. I was doing it because I'm living my life. I just have the presence of mind to turn on my camera or when I piss off my wife intentionally messing with her. And I know I'm going to get the finger. I'm going to get a funny reply. (laughs) Usually I'll have the camera on the ready and she plays along with it. But I think my audience, you know, I know my audience, a lot of them, that's the res that's the resonate that they have with me is, is that whole, you know, I get it all the time. Oh my God, me and my spouse, you know, we have the same blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so some people are uncomfortable sharing your inner the innards of your life and that's okay. So then what are you into? I play a lot of golf. Guess what I do every time I'm on a round of golf, I'm either taking multiple pictures or taking some video and going to create some content out of it because I want to connect with golfers. I want to have something in common. Uh, I'm into fitness and diet. I share that. I'm not a licensed dietitian. I have no formal training and in, in training anyone for to work out. I just do more of it than the average human. And so by default, I become an inspiration to some. Bingo. I got more followers as a result of that. Uh, so it's just, it's just finding the things that you're doing in your life. And, and for anybody who says to me, I'm boring, I, I would argue that you actually will connect with more people than you realize because more humans are not living the Kardashian lifestyle. They're living the Jerry Weaver and the Jacoby Kendrick and the Jeff Fitzer lifestyle. That's real. Uh, and I, I arguably, I think, I don't, I think I'm in a higher echelon of that anymore because I, I put such a focal point on travel and doing these things that I, I, I'm now I've cognizantly thought of it and said, I believe people will follow me one because to live vicariously through what I get to do because I've made a good life, but two, because I think it's inspiration for them. I think people will follow it because they want to see it and it's interesting to them and they don't get a chance to go to Breckenridge every, every winter to go skiing and they don't get to go to the Lake of the Ozarks and go boating every weekend during the summer and whatever the hell else I'm doing. Right. And so I I've just made it about not worrying about what people think and the people that don't like it or annoyed by it or, or um, think I'm showing off, they're just not going to follow me and that's okay. I won't show up on their feed. They're probably not my people. And the people that love it will. And um, our business, our business, if you asked my two partners and they said, and you said, okay, you know, Jeff, I, I heard you, you, you were, you, you guys plateaued. And then all of a sudden you jumped from, 
you know, doing six to 800 units to doing 2000 units, going from 125 million to over 500 million, what would you attribute that to? And I can tell you, they will not tell you that it's because we do mortgage as well. Everybody does mortgage as well. Everybody can answer their phone on nights and weekends. Everybody can contribute to your Zillow. Everybody can bring donuts. Everybody has pretty much every program. Everybody has a similar rate. Uh, what differentiates me is the relationships that I've built on social through video. And it just creates opportunity because I figured out how to crack the code on you guys so I can actually bring value. You heard it. Jerry is going to reach out to me on, offline. This isn't about mortgage, right? And usually it's not. And I guarantee one thing that will never happen with me and Jerry, I'm not going to ask him for mortgage. I'm telling you what happens 20% of the time that realtor I build a relationship with that I help them with their business and I help them grow their social and I help them grow their brand. Guess what ends up happening down the road? 20% of the time. Can we work together like this? I like you so much. Can we just do mortgage together? Right. That's what ends up happening. And then I create opportunities for my people and I become the rainmaker and it goes from there, which is exactly what every EXP agent wants to do. What every team lead wants to do, what every broker wants to do. You want to emulate exactly what I'm doing because this is the shit that works. It drives business. It's mm. good. Yeah. Sorry, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just yeah. rambling. You guys got, you guys got me all fired up. We did get you fired up. Look <laughs> at that. You go all night. I got a quick question though. Now I got, a, I got a self-serving question now too. So when you're what? doing the Fitzer family, whatever you called it, reality the, TV, the reality yeah. TV show, everybody, at least I don't have this problem anymore, but uh, I do it quite a bit, but it goes in spurts. So you know, it's a matter of just pulling your phone out and what are you doing? Hitting stories? Or are you hitting, you doing a post or what, what is nor, like the kind of the thought process there, get it out and get it in the, into the world and then figure it out from there. What's kind yeah, of. Yeah. Good question. I, no, I'm, I'm usually just my camera. Uh, and the reason why is, is because, you know, there's, I, I oftentimes record something that I think is about ready to be funny or cute and doesn't end up coming to be, or, you know, they're like, get the camera out of my face. Right. It happens. And so I just put it on my camera and if it doesn't work out, I just delete it. And then there's oftentimes I'll get the camera out and it takes a minute and a half to get to the point that I really wanted that was cute. And I know that I need to cut that down to 15 seconds. So I, one thing I tell anybody who wants to get into social and video and, and creating content is you have to have some level of editing skill, uh, basic, you don't have to have advanced, but you have to have some editing skill. Part of the reason why I'm a part of the business video school, because I was preaching that before that that platform existed because when my, at the time, 13 year old daughter taught me how to use iMovie, I was mind blown. I was like, holy shit. Now I can take these videos and just cut out the cool stuff. Like, this is great. This is going to make my content so much better. And, and that's the simplicity of it. Like I had a video from Mexico last week when I was up on the tea box eating a sandwich and all of a sudden I get bum rushed by a bunch of iguanas. And I didn't have my phone on me. And I told Leonard who was with me, I'm like, dude, got your camera video this. And, and he did, he sent me like a 45 second video. I cut it down to 15 seconds. That thing got 15,000 views at 31 shares on Instagram reels. Stupid. It hit my feed. It, exactly. <laughs> it hit my feed. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and so, and that's the thing that people overthink, like, well, I have to talk about business. No, I, I'm creating more opportunities, more people hitting my profile, more people going down the Jeff Fitzer rabbit hole by just creating lifestyle content that then brings them into my web. And that's the name of the game. You're, you're, I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some professionals that live and breathe on real estate or mortgage content alone, and they've been successful at it. My argument to that 
strategy is it's going to be a much steeper hill to climb because it's so freaking diluted. And, and, and frankly, those people have already cornered that market. But the one place that no one can ever corner your market is you, mm. your authenticity. You know, Jacoby, you have four kids. When you go home at night, the way your life is, what you guys do, you have ball games. What are you doing? Is it, is it church? And what is it? What is your life built around? That's you. Nobody's you. And so nobody can take that from us. But if so, if I try to go into an arena of I'm going to I'm going to be like Tristan and I'm going to talk about the latest stuff that's going on in the industry. Yeah. You and 10,000 other people. Right. No one can duplicate your life. And that's where you create the differentiation. Yes, you still have to sprinkle in the real estate because the last thing you want to do, you, when you sprinkle in your real estate, you're essentially putting out a call to action, right? That's the biggest mistake. If you, if you follow any YouTube coaches, they'll tell you one of the biggest mistakes YouTubers make is no call to action. And because you, 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 you get to the point where you're putting out good content and people are watching, you're not getting any business from it. And it's simply because you didn't, you, you're not asking for it. And, um, and so that's the point of your business content. That's your call to action. But if you go scroll, you know, if I, if I gave you a hundred real estate agents and said, just go pull up their feeds, you guys both know what we're going to find. It's going to be the same old nonsense. It's going to have very little engagement and it's the same realtor that, that, that would be telling me that, that, um, social doesn't work. <laughs> I hear it all the time. You know, I, I, that's why I have job security, man, because people just, I don't think most people will ever get this. I can preach this till I'm blue in the face. Jerry, you know, I stand on stages on real estate conferences. Tristan and I, we're starting to do it together, which is going to be really fun. And, and I know when I walk away from these events, when there's 500 people in a room and I give them the exact playbook, maybe 2% will follow through. And most of them will follow through for a couple of months and then they'll vacate. Just the way it goes, man. Well, I'm guilty of that. I mean, I'm I've been starting YouTube for two years. I'm finally doing it now. Yeah, know? yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. So, are you still? Uh, and this is just like, oh, are you? Do you still keep it super simple? Just two phones and yeah. leave a video or whatever after you. Correct. Yeah. By and large, I still have, you know, I have videographers and I have editors and, and, and I, um, I don't do anything. I don't go all in on anything. So, you know, my videographer, you know, he works for our, our, our region. So he does the other stuff too, but every once in a while he'll reach out to me because I think he gets bored and he knows I'm more creative and we'll do some fun stuff. In fact, that just reminded me, I have a bunch of videos I haven't posted, but I do I, a lot of my stuff, you know, I'm really focusing on short form content. So it's, you know, what do I want to be known for? I want to be known for social media, social media news, social media tips, video tips, uh, business trip tips and tricks and things like that. And so, you know, it's when I think of stuff, I'll usually just, just make a note to myself. I'll go back later. I script it. Uh, I shoot the vast majority of my videos with a teleprompter on my cell phone, on my cell phone, I use a lav mic just to plug in lavalier microphone for, for crisper sound. Probably about 50% of them I edit myself. I make them TikTok-ish. Uh, and 50% I send off to an editor to make them jazzy. Um, and I pay people in the Philippines anywhere from, you know, I, some of them are hourly between five and 10 bucks an hour. Some, some are per video and that's ranges from 15 to about 40 bucks a video. Super cheap and you're getting the quality that you the good as good a quality as you can get anywhere. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Really good stuff. I mean, I tell you, I will say this guys, my, my goal and what I advise, what we advise most people is, is, you know, uh, perfection paralyzes you. 
and, and you get so caught up in how you look and how you sound. And this video wasn't right. It took me 20 million takes to get right. And, you know, and so we preach like consistency trumps perfection all day long because the, the reality is, and you can look this up, but the, 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 the social media platforms say that your content is probably only going to get seen by 10% of your audience. So when you, when you battle and it takes you two, three, four weeks to put out this perfect video, still only getting seen by 10%. And so now I'm in the meantime, putting out tons of content every single day because I want 10 here and 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 10 here and, and consistency trumps it because it doesn't matter how amazing that video is. And I spent a lot of time on the Noel Nielsen train, Jerry, you know, here and I were tight for a while. And uh, it was, it was all about how could we one up each other on a better quality, funny, you know, storyline video. And dude, it's like, that stupid video with the, with the, with the iguanas got more views than something that took me weeks of preparation and buying props and all this stuff. And it got the same reach or less. And I was like, screw this, man, screw this fun. You know, I mean, it's fun to do that every once in a while, but by and large, it's like, I'm just going to focus on pumping it out and um, try to be as consistent as possible. And if not daily, multiple times a day, if I can. And then also I will say this too, since we're on it, use all the platforms. You know, and I mentioned to you guys earlier, if, if YouTube's your focus, great, make it your focal point, then take that YouTube video, chop it up and post it, post it everywhere. You know, don't, don't be afraid because again, remember that 10% rule, you know, uh, I know that some of my audience spends all their time on Facebook. Some of them spend all their time on Instagram. Some of them spend all their time on TikTok. So I don't care if people ask me all the time, don't you feel like you're annoying your audience when you're posting the same video to TikTok, to Instagram, to LinkedIn, to Twitter, to, I'm like, no. Because I don't think, first of all, most people are seeing it twice. And even if they do, what do they got to do? Next. Scroll right on past. <laughs> and they're doing that anyway. So yeah. I, I'd well, rather just. Take, you know, we've been doing it long enough now that the platform shift. That, that too, man. But yeah, I, I'd rather take my chance on them seeing, okay, scroll past a video. And then they keep scrolling 10, 10 posts later. It's Jeff again. You know, I'll keep take, I'll take my chance that, that something's going to catch their eye. But the point is it's no different than a billboard, right? What do you yeah. do with a billboard? You don't stop, jot it down, call the person you drive by it subliminally for years. That's exactly what people are doing when they're scrolling your social media. So don't get so caught up in, in the vanity of the views. Mm. They're still seeing your name. And that's your billboard or stories. So Jacoby went to, to go back to one of your questions was I, I, so I shoot this stuff. Most of my lifestyle daily content, like what I talked about this morning with my daughter, uh, that goes to my stories and I post it to Instagram, which automatically posts over to Facebook. I'm covering two birds with one stone. I'm getting hundreds of eyeballs on my stories every single day. So I want, when Jerry opens up his Instagram or his Facebook, that little bubble at the top, you can see about five or six of them. I'm hoping that my face is one of them every single time. There's my billboard. Can't freaking forget me. That's the game, right? And that's what you guys all want because you know the stats, right? 93% of homeowners would use the same realtor again, but only 13% do because we suck at staying in front of our audience. And I would argue that uh, social media is the best CRM that exists because you're meeting your customers where they want to be met. Jacoby just... Uh... 
You just thought, of, oh, this is a good picture for my story, did you? Good. <laughs> did you? you took a As you should. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> I saw his camera go like this. You saw my eyes and my camera, my yeah. arms moving around. <laughs> I do it all the time, man. I do it all the time. Tristan does it. Tristan just straight up goes like this, and he's just sitting there videoing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we yeah. uh we're coming up on the end i really appreciate you you sharing uh, all the info man just solid just straight gold and uh it'll be awesome for our audience if uh if somebody wanted to reach out to you uh, mccormick media group does our uh does our podcast so she'll be able to she knows you real well she'll be able yeah, she to does. put all your links in but where would you want where would you want to send people to to, to connect with you if they're looking to do that. Well, first of all, I'm going to test Sharon and see if she's listening to this. I love you, Sharon. You're, you're the greatest. <laughs> yeah. She's been doing our podcast for years to connect with me would be uh, social. Probably uh, I'll, I'll do two things. So first of all, it's my name. So you probably see my name on the screen. So I'm everywhere um, consistently on, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, <laughs> Uh, probably less of LinkedIn and Twitter, but I'm trying to adopt more on Twitter because I just feel like Elon's going to make it relevant. So I, I want to be there. And then uh, I'll give you my cell phone number. I always do this and it usually shocks most, uh, most podcast hosts, but honestly, very rarely do people actually text me. Um, but my number is 314-220-4945. That's the, that is the best place to reach me. If you have any questions or, you know, you stumble upon something, you heard something and you want clarification, shoot me a text. I really don't mind. Uh, that's, that's, uh, transparently that's me potentially building a new relationship. And I think a lot of people look at that and like, Holy shit. But the reality is most people don't take me up on it. So I don't get bombarded. And when they do, and every once in a while, I create a new relationship that I may not have ever had. And I got a benefit out of being on this podcast. Okay, you and Tristan just throwing that cell phone number out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always joke. He's got a burner phone. I don't, I have a burner phone, but it's for video. I have a, it's a second video camera. I only, that, that is the same text. That is the same phone number that my wife texts me on. So I only have one. Yeah. We're up there. Man, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you got anything else, Jacoby? I don't, man. That was awesome. Just thank you so much for, yeah, your time and, and, uh, yeah, everything you provided there. It's really good. Yeah. Sorry to, sorry to hijack the podcast, man. It's awesome. We love That's how, uh, those are our best episodes. When we don't <laughs> have to talk. Really appreciate you having me on and, um, yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime. I was going to say, let's do it again. Absolutely, man. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes. <laughs>